Hello and welcome to How to Win the Lottery Season 7 Graphic Content Episode. See, here's the thing. We had episode numbers and we added interviews. I don't know. This is maybe episode 7, Bitterroot, by David F. Walker, author, Chuck Brown, author, and Sanford Green, artist. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I am uh, Shreds. 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 You sound sad today. Are you sad? No, no, no. I'm good. Cool. I'm in a... You shredding it up? Yeah. Kick flipping and... Fart ripping. <laughs> Sweet. Love it. You love to see it. Love to hear it. Um, What's new? What did you just say? I said, what's new? Oh, it sounded like you were like, snoo, snoo, snoo. There's nothing nothing new with me, man. Cool. Well, uh, well, how about you? Uh, well, we just had Christmas. How do you celebrate Christmas? Oh, I don't celebrate Christmas. Well, you celebrated Thanksgiving eating. I, I was setting you up for a, not a joke, but you said you celebrated Thanksgiving eating uh-huh. Chinese food alone. Yeah, and now you could have done the same thing for Christmas, but you know, right? Whatever. But it, I celebrate Thanksgiving by eating Chinese food alone. I do not celebrate Christmas at all. No. Period. Full stop. Period. Well, here we go. Uh, bitter roots. Is this one the question I ask on every single episode? Yeah. Is this one that you picked? Is this one that Heather picked? This is one that our friend Heather Antos, who was on our intro episode, worked on. But I don't remember where this came about. It was her suggestion. Um, I am. I was familiar with it. Okay. Um, I, and the David Walker Sanford Green team that did uh, Power Man and Iron Fist for Marvel. Um, is did that get adapted to be the? Is that was that run adapted for the Netflix series or no? No. Okay. I don't think so. I mean, it may have been. You know, it was. It was. It was like the one that was popular at the. So okay. Like, I, I'm sure it was influential Got in it. some ways, but yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. it was direct. But this is not a book that you had read before. I had not read this book before. I will say the omnibus, which I think we probably talked about. I finally like there yeah. was a lot of this. I'm like, I don't remember. We talked about the intro. I edited the intro, whatever. But I think we talked about the omnibus with this. Like there's so much behind the scenes material. Like this is like a uh, this is a collection in a uh, way that like a lot of back matter, which feels very cool. Like in a way yeah. that like it feels like, well, you got all the comics. Like what else do you want? It's like this feels like there's additive. Like there's a reason to own the big. Yeah, collection. I feel I feel a little guilty, actually, because I didn't get a chance to read all of the essays and stuff because it was it, it would have added it would have doubled the amount yeah. of reading time that I had. And it is the type of book that deserves that kind of academic rigor like mm-hmm. like you really yes really really in in intense um essays about epigenetic trauma and things like that um and and i just didn't i didn't have time to, to read that so so it's just the content of the actual book itself no secondary sources which again i think we've talked about it here before is good i think it's a good thing. there's yeah there, there's there's good to it but like i am also like a guy that likes uh sure you know I, I mean, I'm a uh, by by occupation. I'm a teacher, so there is like a secondary source fetishism that I have. Sure, um, I can. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's certainly a uh, a comic that that walks the line between very very uh, you know genre specific genre fiction and a much much more. Uh, harrowing and academic exploration of the traumatic past of America's misdeeds. Yeah. So with that said, what is Bitterroot about? Bitterroot is about the ability of hate to transform people 
into something inhuman mm-hmm. and the ability of that dehumanizing hate to transform the victims of it uh maybe for good hmm. is that does that does that sound does that sound correct i like that sure does that and sound it, correct it follows a monster hunting family in 1920s harlem yeah, in in a very yeah okay. So I was doing a broader thing. No, no, no. I'm just I'm I, I like I like your more abstract yeah um, thematic interpretation. The and 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 so who are the monsters that they hunt specifically? Racists. Yeah, so they're they're called Janoon. Janu. Janu. Is there no N on the end? J I N O O. Okay. Why did I say Janoon? Hmm? Janu. Um. And and they're you know, uh, people who have been transformed by either hate or greed. Or any number mm-hmm. of uh, the original sins of America. Yes, I think it's very it's it it feels timely in a way. I mean, it's, it's it's sadly always timely. Yeah, right. But like it feels especially prescient in the last handful of years. Like this came out between twenty eighteen and twenty twenty. Actually, with that said, I have it open. I just want to because this book there's fifteen issues plus a one shot that's in the middle, and it was basically released monthly. Between November of 18 and March of 19, then they did one shot that summer. They came back the next February, so like a year between chunks, to basically kind of go monthly between February and September, mm-hmm. the next five. Then they took another year or another six, seven months between March and August of 21. And yeah. during that time is a racially, very, racially yes. fraught history mm-hmm. of, of America. Um, and my fear is that if you grabbed that amount of time and applied it to any point of history in America. Yes. You, you would also get a racially fraught history, but it's like that this is in our recent memory. So we can recall the specific instances that are. And I think that the book does a very good way of like distancing you from it by being like, no, this is a hundred years ago. This is a different story. And then it's like, yeah. it's the same story. Right. Yeah, which but is it's... always, I I think when we were talking about it, no, we weren't talking about it. We were talking about killers of flower moon. Um, but I mentioned how, uh, in in th- there's like a wildly crazy ending to Spike Lee's Black Klansman, which is like him taking like a massive swing, right? Which is that Black Klansman is a story. I'm gonna spoil Black Klansman for listeners, so if you you know put your fingers over your ears and do a la 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 thing for a second, um, Black Klansman is a story of the 1970s and a uh, 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 black FBI agent over the phone uh, convinces David Duke from the KKK that he is a white supremacist and sort of uses his partner to infiltrate the KKK, um, and they. You know, it's a, it's it's a it's a thing that is explicitly about America's history with hate, and it's a period piece. Mm-hmm. As we often yes. like, we often use period pieces to reflect right now in what I sometimes think is a cowardly way. Right. Sometimes I think that it's cowardly, and, and in a lot of cases, like I don't, I don't, I think in Bitterroot it's done very artfully and is done in a in a great way, and I think in Black Klansman it's done in, in a really great way too. But Black Klansman ends with a like smash cut to today charlottesville riots yeah. and a guy in a fucking automobile driving directly yeah. into, into a uh a crowd of protesters and then the film is dedicated to heather Heyer, the 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 woman who was killed mm-hmm. in, the, in that crowd and it is like um like something that i like about spike lee and i don't always like this about art but something that i like about spike lee is he will hit you in the face yep. with a message yes like he's he's like uh, he's not providing any way to be coy 
or to wink or to like or you can leave the movie and be like oh i didn't know what that was about yeah he he he's not but if questioned about it he's provided himself no access to like back away from any of his own personal politics yep which is um in spike's case uh uh you know that's what he wants because he's he like his movies are are in a sense agit prop. He's trying to create that conversation. He's trying to yes. like uh, agitate people, and he's trying to make people, you know, rise up and protest against mm-hmm. specific course of power structures. So, um, yeah, sometimes that is that that connection to present day can be so explicit that it really serves the art. Serves the art, um, right? And sometimes it is really really hacky mm-hmm. uh and it is a matter of the artist depending on who the artist is and i think these three guys are are at the top of their field and are doing yep. doing unbelievable work in this i think i will also give it a very high compliment here again from me who, who cares but i think this is like maybe the most beautiful book we've read like the mm. coloring in this mm. is unbelievable yeah like from the from the jump, I was just like, this is, this looks unbelievably good. Well, I just, so I just, I, I, I said this in our interview with uh, Marcos Martin um, about like the joy of drawing these things. Cause in, in private eye, um, Marcos is the, the illustrator, artist, storyteller of, of private eye. And like, there's all masks everywhere and stuff. And I, I, I asked him like about how fun that was to draw. Yeah. And I thought that when, when I was reading this, I was like, this Content aside, because the content is harrowing, but, like, when I was a kid and, like, what all I wanted to do is be a cartoonist, like, I would just draw monsters for hours and hours and, like, monsters battling and it's, like, in in a lot of ways it feels like the dream. And this is, like, no kidding, almost 500 pages of just, like, fighting monsters. Mm -hmm. So th- there's something like so joyful about that to me, and then yeah. and then that joy is obviously juxtaposed, which with like much much more uh, difficult content. But I, boy, is it is it does it look fun? Totally forgot until now that when I was in elementary school, one of my really good friends had like his monster notebook, and he did the same exact thing. Where, like every yeah, page, awesome. like he drew a yeah. thing. I'm like, I'm gonna do that too, and I drew like one. I'm like, not only am I not good at this, uh-huh. but I'm not interested. In it. But I remember like looking at his thing and be like. You came up with all of yeah, these. Yeah, We're yeah. like six years old. I'm like, well, this uh-huh. is unbelievable. Yeah, it's so cool. But yeah, it's like there's so many fight scenes. Like we were talking about before we started recording about whether we could adapt this or not because it's just action. It's just fight scene. Yeah, the pace fight is, scene. Is, is relentless. There's never the. There's like you have a couple of pages here and there where characters are talking to give you some exposition, mm-hmm. but the majority of this is just people brawling with monsters. Yep, which rules. Yeah. Everybody looks cool. Like all the, the humans look cool. The creatures look cool. The mm-hmm. like things that sort of exist between the two worlds look cool. I also, in terms of you were saying like with the dialogue, I think we talked about this in the intro episode with Heather about, I asked her if you have to make every issue work, if it's somebody's first issue. And I think what this book does really well, really smartly is that, and I also want to make sure that I did dates before when there's that jump in time, it's like the next five books they reset in a way that like, hey, people might be new. We're yeah. going to do this. But they also add more context mm-hmm. for people who have read the whole thing, especially or you're reading the omnibus, whatever. But it's like we're resetting. We're refilling you in. But you're also learning more about the history, about the family, about these characters in yeah. a way that doesn't feel like 
like the Rocky movies. It's like, I just saw Rocky three. We don't need to see the first fit. You know, that's like, it's, it doesn't feel yeah, this does, super rehashing. This does a very weird thing that I don't know that I've ever really seen in another book or even another movie or, which is that like, when we get close to the very end, then we start having those little yellow narrative boxes that yep. are filling us in on backstory of yep. these characters. And it's like, well, why are we doing this now at the, at the end, as opposed to the beginning when it would like fill us in about why they're doing what they're, I mean, but, but the, the truth is that we don't need to know why they're like, right. it's, we, we know in our guts why they're doing what yep. they're, what they're doing. And, and the backstory, like to fill these people out into, into like full blown characters is like later on, it's like, oh yeah. Also they're, they're like very human and they have all these things going on with them. And I think what really, what works well about the the dropping into the backstory later is that this like this is a definitive beginning, middle, and end of a story. But it also these characters and like their descendants go on forever and fight evil forever, right? Yeah. And like we see them jump ahead to World War II and they're fighting Nazis for like a couple pages, mm-hmm. right? But I think it's really cool. Is just like now you know who they are. Like you've seen them do what they're doing. Now you're knowing why they're doing. It's like and just sort of trust that they're going to fight evil for the rest of the time. And it's like yeah. it's a cool kind of like send off like. Here's a little bit more about them. Like you're saying goodbye, you're learning more about them, but that like, you know, their children, their their offspring, whatever, are going to stand for what they've stood for over these 500 pages or whatever and just keep going. Yeah. Which is um, cool. I like it. Yeah. It, it, uh, you know what it made me think of, um, which is like uh, I've, I have not watched this show or read this book, mm-hmm. but it made me think a little bit of uh, Lovecraft Country. Or like oh. what I would want from Lovecraft Country, which right. is what I, I don't think it's what Lovecraft Country ended up being. But this idea of monsters as a kind of ancient horror from this world right. that is a little bit, you know, uh, the, the the hell in this book is um, an interdimensional hell. It doesn't exist in like a religious uh uh, God, the devil, heaven, hell kind of kind of circumstance. But like the thing that's interesting about Lovecraft Country or not even Lovecraft Country, just Lovecraft in general is like Lovecraft is wildly racist. So them t- taking Lovecraft Country and making it into a show that is like propelled by uh, black creators and black actors, black storytellers, like makes it into this thing where it's like, oh, yeah, like we sometimes we forget that most racist tales told by racist people is actually – racist people telling on themselves and and can be used as an anti-racist message because it's like when you think of the shadow over Innsmouth, which is an anti-miscegenation tale, it's like when I read that, the message is like, oh, people who are anti-miscegenation are fucking crazy and will undo themselves with their own personal anxieties right. about this issue. Um, and so like I thought of Lovecraft Country as like taking this narrative back away from from Lovecraft and making it into this tale about justice. Now I didn't see Lovecraft country, but when I was reading this, I was thinking like, Oh, that's what like I would have, this is what I would have wanted from that show if I watched it. Yeah. I don't remember much about that show. I just, I think that also is a testament to like, it didn't really like kind of stick yeah. in it, but it kind of, it's, I think it started like that mm-hmm. and then just kind of became about monsters. It's like, all right. Yeah. Right. But I think that this never loses the focus. It doesn't. It's you're, you know, on a page to page basis who these characters are. And you know, that's good story editing. Sure is. I think what also really works, I I, I, I really like that. This is one of my favorite books that we've read this season. One thing that I've, I've pointed out in past episodes, 
Because I'm also like, as I'm reading this, as I'm like taking like a few notes to like talk about, it, I'm like, we really got to talk on the about the art more because I feel like the yeah, art yeah, is yeah, so. Yeah. But what we're I still, yeah, I mean, a thing a thing that that I hope people are patient with is about is that we're still like learning how to talk about comics instead of books because we're like so story driven yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like, well, this is what it's about. It's like, well, how's it? Mm-hmm. But like, what I love about this really is the splash pages. Like, I'm like so many like I'm like the private is gonna be filled, and it really wasn't. But here. There's so much like just single page and like what you're saying is it's just like dudes fighting monsters. And it's like that rules. But there was one thing in particular that I really loved was this panel where it's just a, it's a splash page, but they draw boxes. Around oh, yeah, yeah. I, I made a special note of that. Too, and then yeah. the next page or two, like they zoom in on each of those things. Mm-hmm. But it's like a very cool like it seems like they're inserts of like a different thing, but it's just drawing attention to three different things. Yeah, it's saying pay specific attention to this. And I'd never seen this right. in and it's like a tree, like the, the tree becomes like the sort of like the literal root of evil that they're trying to fight mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. But it's a box around the tree, a box around a body hanging from the tree, and a box around one of the main character's faces. Yeah. Well, this is the, – the trees are uh, sentient evil because they're the trees from which people have been lynched, yes. right? And and sort of fed and grown on the blood and, and decay of those bodies, um, which is a ha- absolutely harrowing thing to think about. Yeah. But again, like filtered through in this into this genre way where we can then like be like, well, those are spooky trees. Digest that horror yeah. in a in a more, you know, genre setting. But then even like on the same page, like you have the creatures they're fighting which look awesome. You have like the good creatures, like the little like sort of like demon bunny things, yeah, whatever. Like Pikachu kinda. And they're like, I mean, everything about this just looks unbelievably cool. And mm. like I think what's nice is that this is this might sound insane, but like in a world full of monsters, like it's all still grounded. Like it's not like they have like laser guns and shit. It's just like yeah, they have, yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. Have Swords and yeah. you know, and like old timey rifles and stuff. And there's also and and this is something that you had mentioned a number of times. Uh, but there's like a consistency of color, especially in the panel that you're talking about, yeah. which is like almost all purple. A lot of this book is purple. Um, and and there's something about that that brings a consistency from page to page with regards to to the mood. There's never, I don't think ever, maybe not ever in this book, a blue sky or, uh, like a sun or anything like that. When you, when you really like, like when you're in, uh, even the, even the brighter, even the brighter panels are all blues and, and greens. Well, that's also something we talked about. Like we didn't even bring up, but Marcos brought up in the interview about this, like coloring the sky a certain way. And like also the coyote dog girl, like I've never really thought about, and maybe I don't think it's just a coincidence. I think it's probably like a lot of comics do this, but like that's three of the six or whatever books that we've read this season that like distinctly do skies in a certain way. Yeah, fun- fundamentally changed the, the way that we would actually look at the world. And like if we saw that in our real world, we would be like, whoa. Or like if you do a movie, <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time, Poster Up Behind Me. I spent a lot of money on like the 4K, whatever, but rad. Um, yeah, they really needed a 4K for rad, man, the movie. Don't fault them. I, I love okay, it. Thank yeah. you. Shout out to Vinegar Syndrome. But there is a, a scene that is clearly shot during the day. Where they just like they basically have like remember like in the eighties like the cars had like a really like tinted top of the visor I do remember that yeah. they like put that l- over the lens and uh-huh. like it's just like a it looks like a purplish red sky but not like a natural one yeah. it's just like we're gonna change the color of the sky You're like this looks horrific but it, but it looks it, like it makes everything look like it's kind of like chemically poisoned yeah exactly and, and it's like how are these people living in this so environment? like if we see that in a movie because you know I remember earlier in the season I remember what episode it was but you're talking about like wanting art to prove why it's not prose right you're like i want you to like give me a yeah, reason yeah, yeah you need you, comics need yeah and, and again this is um 
maybe a flaw in my thinking, but it's like, no, but I, you know, I, I, the, the medium needs to justify right. itself. And I think, you know, it's not, I'm not saying this versus prose in this case, I'm saying this versus movies, but like, if you see like a movie where it's just like the sky is like always like this weird purple, it's like, it would seem weird. You'd be like, why is that? But here, just like, this is just the way the world looks. I also, I also want to say like, uh, the advantage of this in like this sort of thing in a comic as opposed to a movie is every single panel, like I'm not even kidding. Every panel of this book is incredibly busy with yeah. uh, information and with, um, you know, creature design mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And this is the flaw of the Transformers movies, right? If you watch the Transformers movies, you're always like, what the fuck is going on? Yep. I have no idea yes. how these things are moving or like what this battle even is, what is happening. But like in a comic, mm-hmm. like like I'm, fr- I'm afraid that an adaptation of this would transformify it because the pacing Maybe. would be so relentless. But here it's like you are ju- you have that page in front of you and you can just like pull in all of this design and like no second of the art is wasted because you can spend forever analyzing any given, any given corner of any given page. I think so as I'm reading this, because what I think is very special about this season, special might be the wrong word, but for every episode of the show, I create art for social media and for our website or whatever. And in past seasons, it's always just like some version of the book cover. Right. But here I'm like, we have, hundreds of pages in each of these to pick like a cool panel. And like, that's why I'm like a splash page, especially works well. And almost like four or five times per issue. I'm like, yeah, like oh, this is work. it. Yeah, and work. then I'm like, oh no, this is it. Oh no, this is it. And like, it's so wild. And also like, we just have open, like these are like the, the good creatures. This also reminds me just very much of Pokemon. Like, do you, do you know anything about Pokemon other than Pikachu? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Do you know, you know, I know Mr. Mime. That's a deep cut. <laughs> I love that. You know, Mr. Mime. That's very exciting to me. Do you know there's a Mime Jr.? No, I, 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 we, we've exhausted my information about. So there's Pokemon. a Pokemon named Eevee, which is in the first game, but then it, like there's like eight or nine different evolutions, whatever. But like this looks like Jolteon and Flareon and Vaporeon. Like it looks like things, but they look like horrific. Like, but because they're good guys, like empowering. But like I yeah. just love like this kind of stuff. Like, it's just super. They cool. also they also it looks like it shows a little bit of DNA with some of the monsters in in Jeff Smith's uh, graphic novel Bone. Um, oh, which yeah, is I like, know about that. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. one of the one of the greats. It's very cool. Um, I also this is I'm just scrolling through the, the things I screenshotted. Also, like this omnibus was like 30 bucks on Amazon, which I was just like, this uh, yeah, is... worth every every single penny. But I like unbelievably inexpensive at $30 for for something that is has so many so many essays worth yeah. reading such beautiful color uh and i think another thing that like heather had pointed out that not everything does is that they include like the variant covers and yeah, at the yeah. end there's a bunch more but like there's just a lot of different like it's my neighbor totoro or uh like this one is purple rain and like it's just like a cool like, yeah there was a do the right thing cover as it's just well. it's just super cool like it this just seems when we're talking about like the marcos about like having fun like this just be like What's some shit you love? I love purple yeah, rain. Yeah, it's yeah, just like, let yeah, me just draw totally. my guys. As, like if yeah. I could draw well at all, I'd be like, uh-huh. what can I in, you know, put like my things that I like in other things or whatever. Like that's, I think that's why I like the, you know, uh, Photoshop Paddington into something else every day. And uh-huh. like, yeah. it's just a guy like, it doesn't always work for me, but like, you know, the other day it was just like Paddington getting thrown through a Simpsons window, which is like, love right. it. Yeah. very cool. Um, but yeah, like when, and then, Going back to the color thing, sorry, again, more about art. 
when that like real evil creature, I don't remember her name, like she is blue in a way that nothing else is. And like that makes it sort of stand out, pop out too, right? Yeah, like you also have like a, um, uh, like there's a focal point, right? And the focal point is, I, it's it's hard for me to say because I don't know what, what page number this is. But you, you have, you this have. This is 260. Uh, on page 260 in the, in the omnibus, you have a focal point that is like uh, in the background, um and it, it's like a, a certain color blue and then surrounding that you have pinks and then as it gets closer to the to the foreground you end up with much darker colors yeah so you have like almost a tunneling uh a tunneling visual it's just so cool like i love this book i was so excited like from you know not that i have had to be sold on anything i mean although someone as i was logging one of these books on goodreads they're like, they liked your review of Giles Goat Boy. I was like, what did I write about Giles Goat Boy? <laughs> and it starts out with, this is my least favorite book I've ever read. And like, it goes from there. And I'm like, all right, so like, cool that somebody like agree with my whatever. But so when I say like, I don't have to be sold on things, like I don't have to be sold. Like I trust you to like pick stuff that I'm either going to yeah. like whatever. But like in here, like from the beginning, I'm just like, I'm going to love this. Like it, it just looks so cool. And like it just was well, there so is something, inviting. There is something about comics that you can... It works in a way that books don't, which is like oftentimes with comics, you can open it up and on the first page, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. like I am. Um, yeah. I'm into this. Yeah. I'm into this art because because in 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 their books, I'm not going to say which books they are because I don't want to talk. Name I don't want to talk shit. Um, but there are books that I've I've picked up like traditional superhero comics that I've that I've read for a while while really um they've survived on the art alone and and, oh. I, and and I've been like, yeah, no, thank you with this writing, but I will keep reading because this is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it rarely actually rarely goes the other way. I will rarely keep up with a comic if I think the writing is good, but the art is bad. It's interesting. Yeah. I've bailed on. Cause on, I think, I think to what we were saying earlier and you've said before, it's like, well, why isn't this just like a chapter book? People still call them chapter books, right? Uh, no, babies call them chapter. That that's what you call chapter. You you call them chapter books when you're transitioning from being a toddler into like someone who reads books that have multiple <laughs> chapters in schools. Adults do not call them chapter books. Well, why isn't this a chapter book? No, but you know, like I can see like if you're like this story is great, this art sucks, just write it as text, right? Like I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think like what's cool about this, like the the, the writing is good. Um, I also think there's a character in here. I, I, I'm bad with character names. I don't know, but there's a guy who like speaks very eloquently. It's Berg, and this is not the first time I've seen this kind of character. Like it seems like every once in a while there's like a, a, a story that has a character who like is almost too smart for the room, and almost every single time I'm really annoyed by them. But I think this kind of works. <laughs> but I think overall. The story is like I was mostly reading for the writing, but like this is the kind of thing where like I could just sit there and like flip yeah, through and I, just yeah. look at the stuff. Yeah, it's a great again, like I, I, I can't emphasize enough the marriage of form and content here, uh, in, in a way that is the juxtaposition of such serious subject matter with such like flat out fun art yep. is rare because I think that the the instinct is to be morose and, and to yeah. be, and, and, and to create something dour, which is like, that's fine. I mean, yep. the, the, like I'm fine with like a, a mood appropriate telling mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, America's mm -hmm. crimes. Yes. Um, but there is something next level about, um, 
doing what this book does successfully. I think I think this book could uh, could could have gone wrong in so many ways. Oh, easily. And and it just like it it just tonally and artistic it just knocks it out of the park in every in every way that I can imagine. What I think is also good about this, and I I I I, I don't know how to frame this in a way that like. I had never heard of before, like four years ago. I'd never heard of the Tulsa Race Massacre, nineteen twenty-one. Yeah, it did hit a. Um, well, Watchman put it. Yeah. So Lindelof, because I think, and I'm, I'm sure that Lindelof was not the first. I'm sure that like, to non-white people, yeah, yeah. everyone knew about that forever. Uh-huh. But I felt like, and I'd read a lot that when Lindelof and like his very like intentionally diverse writers room of people put that on screen, like open the series with yeah. like a comic, a comic book series adaptation, whatever continuation, with this thing that's just like. Oh, this can this this seems insane. It's like, no, this was like this is what yeah. really happened. Um and it's just like, oh holy shit. Like that's it just like opens your eyes. Like you know about like you know about like uh stuff in like the fifties and sixties and like Montgomery Alabama. Like all like the, the, there's certain things that you know like Well, I think there's I, I also think that there has been like as social media has opened up and we've had more uh like voices of yeah. like d- diverse voices uh um telling us history teaching teaching us yes. about history yeah. um you you learn more about uh you know even like juneteenth is something like i wasn't aware of yeah. juneteenth until yeah. I, I don't know how many years ago but well, like a number in the last of years five years ago. right or no or more I, than that. I, I i'm not sure but like definitely the last 10 years like yeah. i know yeah, 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 yeah. and and then there's also like uh you know another thing that's gotten decent amount of press recently is the the move bombing in philadelphia when they mm-hmm. when they drop the bomb from the helicopter on them like this is something that is uh, you know, the one of the few graces of the internet being so big yes. is, is is that you have these diverse stories that make it into mainstream things. And I, you know, this is I don't know, does this does this story uh predate the Watchmen series or is it like side it's around by, the same side time. by side with it? Uh, uh, so so like I think what's happening is like, you know, these guys uh are aware of stuff in American history right. that, that like maybe you're, you're at, certainly your I think your average white reader probably is unaware of. And then you read it and maybe it makes you go like, I, I should look that up. I should, I should read more, right. and more about this thing. That's what I was getting. I don't want to, again, I don't want to say like, it's a good thing that like whatever, but I think like not everybody watched Watchmen, of course, yeah. because it's a very specific kind of uh-huh. short. And I think it's, again, I don't need to blow more smoke up. Did, off didn't, didn't it. It's great. I love it. Um, I will say Lost is my favorite show of the 2000s. Uh-huh. Leftovers of the 2010s. If that was one year later, it might be my favorite show of the 2020. Like he could have wow. covered three decades. That said, I'm glad that Tulsa was included in here because mm-hmm. it's like. You like it better than Impractical Jokers. <laughs> I mean, that is no, but nothing. That's it's, that's exempt from. We got Mur. We got the other guy. <laughs> I love Impractical Jokers and I love the Try Guys. Those are my two favorites. Um, But I like that it's the kind of thing where it's like, if people want to explore, because you're like, there's no way there were there were monsters in Harlem in the 19. 19- I mean, there were, but like not literal monsters, but just like, well, what's the, what's this Tulsa 1921 thing? Like, what is yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here? Or like, what is you know? It's the kind of like, even though this is mostly in Harlem, like it also enters the South, and then also what like there yeah, it, you have sundown it, towns, it you have yeah. Um, talk more about the story. Tell tell us like what hap- well like what literally happens in this story. Well, there are creature. There's. So this is where, again, I don't I, – I would like to read this again to sort of have a better understanding. And I actually screenshotted one where they ex- explain what happens. But there's like two different kinds of creatures. And there's a group – there's a family that uses herbal remedies to like cure – Quote, unquote, quote, unquote, unquote. So you have, you have the word roots doing a lot of work in this yes, story. Correct. Yeah. 
Um, which again, I think great title mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but they use herbal remedies to cure these monsters, these Janu, and you know, ostensibly like maybe metaphorically like, hey, don't hate black people. What I don't know, you know, it's it's doing any number of different things, right? And then eventually they're like, oh, there's this other kind of creature that isn't, and there's like these two different kinds of cures or whatever. But here's what I screenshotted. We don't turn into Janu, but there are other ways for a soul to become corrupted and diseased. It's called Inzondo. And there's just, it's basically about like what you mentioned earlier, the transformative power of hate or of lack of understanding or whatever that transforms people from being people into being monsters that try to kill our main characters. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's something that you see in, in the, in the news or whatever you have a, uh, uh, a group of people who have undergone a horrific trauma instead of that trauma, making them into more empathetic people, it makes them into people who traumatize mm-hmm. others. Um, you know, it's, it's like in, in very, uh, I thought corn we were, syrupy psych, psychiatrist speak, it's hurt people, hurt people. Right? I thought you were saying what the people who have been through trauma, like I thought you meant like the family and like, they were like, we're instead of like, going down the dark path they're like we're going to try to combat this like it, it kind of works yeah, both yeah, ways yeah, right yeah yeah but the when when they you know it's the, this idea that this long term trauma right when they say like quote unquote epigenetic trauma is the trauma that exists from slavery it's the trauma that exists mm-hmm. from the holocaust mm-hmm. right it's people who you know you literally inherit trauma in your genes yeah. from the the stressful oppressive circumstances of of the generation that comes before you and that results in Various uh, uh, right personality or mutations or whatever, um, and it's something that people have been talking about a lot recently. And and it's like, you know, how do you how do you heal that? And yeah. and I don't I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. I remember going to a uh, I went to a panel on um, Jewish writers and. Uh, one of the women speaking was talking about mental health because um, she was like, you know, the mental health of my generation is largely hidden. She was the, the child of Holocaust survivors. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, um, she was saying, I am crazy, but I cannot allow myself to be crazy because the things that make me crazy are so much less than the things that made my parents crazy, which is the thing that caused my trauma in the first place. But also, like, that's not fair, right? It's like, not, you, no, it's not. It's, it's, yeah. it's not fair at all. But it's like she felt like because her parents were, you know, uh, abusive or uh, – uh, Right. You know, but she, and, and she was like, you know, I empathize with my parents who were cruel to me yes. because of what they went through. Right. And what I went through is so much less than what they went through. So how can I blame – them for being crazy when I myself am crazy after having dealt with so much less trauma than they themselves dealt with, right. which is such like a, 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 a Gordian knot of, mm-hmm. of horror. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that you are inevitably, um, you know, undone, not undone, but you're, you're inevitably have to deal with the trauma. You're not only your own personal trauma, but the trauma of your parents and the trauma of your grandparents right. and the trauma of, um, in some cases, everyone who looks like you or shares your blood yep. or shares your shares your DNA and like the quest to then not lose empathy. 
yeah with within that context is very 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 difficult and i think what this book does really well and it doesn't dwell on it because it's like we're telling the story we're telling it i think it's smartly done it's like they go to chinatown at one point they're like oh there's monsters mm-hmm. here so it's like yeah we're not the only ones who yeah, fight yeah, monsters. yeah yeah for sure it's like a lot of people who don't look like us yeah. are dealing with the same exact thing. They have their own demons. They're all fighting their own battles. It's basically just like, hey, like be kind to everyone. But like, it's not like there's like an issue where it's just like, and now we're in Chinatown for an issue. It's just like, we're here for like maybe a page or two yeah. and then they get out. It's just like- And you realize that this is going on literally everywhere. Which and, is just so smart. Yeah. Yeah. Because there could be Bitterroot 2 and mm-hmm. then it's like, maybe not and and- african-american writing team and, and art yeah. team but you know maybe you you know you get any other kind of impre- yeah. Uh, oppressed yeah any any other yeah. group of people and you just yeah. say okay now now this is this story but with these with these folks yes. and and you can you can build and and that world is implied through the yeah. through, through their interactions and oh, I, I do want to see a better route too where you know it's yeah it's it's, it's right there it's yeah. nice. um i also do like that there is the one good white kid and he dies. I know. I want. Yeah, actually, that's that's an interesting Johnny Ray because it's like he is like a good white kid, but he's also like. But you also like you're like is he because like for a little bit like he runs away, then he actually he comes back and yeah and, 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 and I think it's Cullen. Cullen is like fuck this kid. Yeah, like we don't. I'm I don't give a shit about this kid. Why are we trying to save him? Why are we? And the other people are like, well, because we're trying to save everybody. Yeah, like that's the, yes. the the whole thing is that we still have to have empathy for people who yeah. are, who. Like we may identify on site as being a threat to us yep. or who have family members who are in the KKK or. Well, any that's of also this. like when, when they go to the family, they're like, you know, your, your son saved my life. And then what, the, the, like the grandmother or whatever, like winds up attacking them. Mm-hmm. Like it just, she turns into the Janu. Yeah. It's, you know, they're like, well, we're glad. Cause like you could see, and again, maybe reading too far into it, or maybe reading in the right amount. It's just like, you can see that their parents are maybe like, you know, obviously distraught that their child died and maybe they're not sure how to feel about these outsiders or whatever, but like, they're glad that they, you know, they, they're trying to be good people. They're glad that their someone's a good person. And then the grandma, like one generation before is just like, Oh fuck this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it's also like, you get that, you know, that that's addressing, I think this like anecdotal quote unquote justified racism, which is like so many people's story of like why they're racist is because like, something happened to someone that right. they knew by you know uh and, and it's like that that's the the liam neeson school of racism it's, I mean, it's also it's the justification of racism on the news too right it's yeah. like it's the donald trump justification of racism by saying like you know uh talking about like uh like one person who was who who's uh not documented who who did a crime right and then it's just like using that person to hold them up and say like look at what we have in our society this is a cancer we need to destroy um and and also the you know it's not logical to think of to think of problems of 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 uh society like that because you need broader sets of data etc but when it happens to you it's easy to i think turn monstrous about it yeah agreed I don't have much more to say other than just, uh, again, once again, saying read this book. Like, I think, I do think that, like, every book we've read this, I've, I've I know that you have not been a fan of at least one of the yeah. books that we've read, but I've liked every single thing we've done. I think it's all been, a, this has been a very, in terms of, like, average, high average, but I think this is, again, this is one of my favorites. Just, the story is good. Again, we were talking about with, I think it was No Longer Human, where, like, the horror bent, like, it, like this feels like the kind of thing that I would want to consume anyway and then for it to be as beautiful as it is and like as 
well told as it is. It's just like it's it's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and I can't I can't emphasize enough the pacing of this thing. This is a f- six hundred page. It's breathless book that I read in two sittings. Yep. Um, and and it's just it, it it's action at its best, mm-hmm. and it's it's uh. You know the the other oh the other thing about it that that is worth talking about is um. You know I uh. As far as the art is concerned, the characters are recognizably black. Yes. Right. And 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 not like and and that's like the benefit of having black artists, right? Because a lot of times in comics, and this is probably more the case when it comics was less diverse than it currently is, but black characters were often just white characters colored brown. Mm. And and um like they didn't have any African features. They didn't have like uh uh distinct hair like i mean it would be you know it would be you know like not long straight hair or whatever but it also wouldn't wouldn't have the detail um deserving it wouldn't have like the features body different body types etc and it would just like you know it would just be like a matter of color um and i think that that's a a huge benefit to adding diversity to to anything is that now you have like a wider array of art styles that, that capture real human experience yeah. in a much more accurate way. I also think again, between you and Heather, you guys have picked such a wild, either intentionally or unintentionally like happy accident or on purpose. Like none of these books have looked the same. Yeah. Right. It's, it's uh yeah. Um, I don't know how on purpose that was, but it, uh, it, uh, you know, there's a, there was a conscious effort to, well, there was definitely a conversation that you were like, let's try different things. Yeah. Let's, let's try to diversify this as far as style is concerned for sure. Yeah. And this this also like it doesn't look like the private eye, but it feels like this is kind of more almost what you would expect a comic book to look like. But it also doesn't look like any comic book we've ever seen. Like if it, like in terms of the action, in terms of like the superhero, like they're not superheroes, but like it's yeah. in that sort of vein. You know what it's like. You know what it is kind of like. And I think I think he did one of the um one of the covers is it's like it, I I feel like it shares something with Mike Mignola of Hellboy. Oh, okay. Like I, I think that there is like that that idea because Mignola also like does. Um, Hellboy has this historical bent to it too, with Nazis and things like that. It's like adding monsters into the not into the world of, of uh, like real world um, trauma, which is like why Guillermo del Toro was the perfect choice to make those movies because he's also always doing that. Obviously, Pan's Labyrinth is about sure. fascism yes. and things yes. like that. Yeah. So I feel like it shares it shares something with with that guy, and he's one of the one of the great creators. So it's like you know, yeah, I, even, I, I like it being in the same place. I know his name, and I don't even know why I know his name. Like I know I just yeah. seen that maybe through you or maybe through whatever. I'm just looking at other stuff, and like I don't think I've read any of his stuff, but I yeah certainly know the name. Certainly know he's a great great writer, great artist. We have an email address lottery at cageclub.me if you want to write in about this or any book this season or any season just any book whatever lottery at cageclub.me our friend egg wrote in meg's reaction to bitter root bitter root she writes might be the best comic i've ever read rivaling swamp thing even i really love the story and i honestly don't think there's anything about it i didn't like or didn't work i'm parentheses yet again running behind and so i can't really ruminate (laughs) before sending this email egg tries harder for this podcast than we do yeah killing it egg she's she's always here she gets always gets it done i love stories she writes with core principles of love and forgiveness the character of dr walter sylvester was my favorite Uh 
I love that he started out as a villain and ended up changing for good. I like the use of flashbacks in the second arc, too. The part where you see him trying to move on from his wife's death and then on the next page we're reminded of the death of his children made me yeah. need to put the book down so I could cry. Yeah, jeez. Writing about it and thinking about it now it even make it writing about it and thinking about it now is even making me tear up. It feels almost clinical to use phrases talking about how the writing is quote unquote effective. The entire novel was just filled with so much empathy. Yeah. All in all, she writes a truly wonderful novel and one I think everyone should read. Yeah, it was it's an interesting Everyone should read is an interesting way to put it. Like I, I'm wondering about this on like school curriculums or whatever. Yeah. Like that would be fascinating to to see. It feels like this is the kind of thing where you'd be like, I get to read a comic book for school. Yeah, for sure. And then yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, that was really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep reading comic books for school. Well, actually, no. Do you want to talk about adaptation? Like could this be adapted? Yeah, it could. It could. I, I don't know like what you would do to to adapt it, to have it. It's one of the few things that you'd have to slow the pace down because mm-hmm. otherwise it would be like, you know, it's like the raid or something where it's like every single frame is filled with someone getting a knuckle sandwich. Because I was I, I think it works more as like a TV series than a movie. And mm-hmm. I think you made that same point to me earlier. And I think like the Walking Dead comic is often very high pace and like that. They slow that down sometimes to its benefit, sometimes to its detriment. Um I would like to see it try. I mean, you could try. I don't know. I also kind of like that it exists like in this form. Yeah, I, me it too. works beautifully in this form. Me too. I don't. Yeah. I, again, I like, I like that you can look, you can stare at each panel and like the great thing is like a TV show or a movie wouldn't take the comic book away, obviously. So you can right. still stare at those panels and then be like, Oh, look at how they like put this on the screen. So exactly. Um, right. But yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna favor the comic because you can really just like stare at it for yeah. forever. It's beautiful. Yeah. Truly beautiful. Uh, keep reading. Uh, today, today's crime is um, uh, today's crime mm-hmm. is stealing mm-hmm. a stop sign. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. 